Well, hey, good morning. Welcome to the Anthem Daily Podcast. My name is Bert Alcorn, and uh, so stoked that you were listening today. Today is Monday, April 6th, Monday, April 6th. And what we are doing here is we're taking a break from our interview series that we've been in on. We've got some more interviews coming, and, and we'll publish those after Easter. But we wanted to take the week leading up to Easter, Holy Week, and just unpack some moments from Scripture to maybe prompt us into some sort of action today, to stir us into a deeper life with God, to help lift our eyes, maybe from our current situation to Him, or to take our eyes from Him and help us see rightly about the situation we find ourselves in. And so every single day of Holy Week, we're just taking a look at, at a snapshot of what was happening that day in Jesus's time and Jesus's place. So we recorded a little bonus pod for yesterday for Palm Sunday. If you missed that one, go check it out. But today I want to take you to John chapter 12, John chapter 12. So if you're in a spot where you can grab your Bible, do it. If not, I'll read the text over you. But John chapter 12, we're going to do the first 11 verses here. I'll read the text and maybe just make a few comments on the text afterwards. um, and And that'll be that for today. So John chapter 12, verse 1. And John starts, six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. (laughs) This is like the best one-line summary of, of the most magnificent thing anyone had ever seen before. Jesus had raised him from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at table. Mary, therefore, took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. I just let your imagination go wild. Like, just picture the scene. We have these people reclining at table. Mary takes this expensive ointment, right, and anoints the feet of Jesus and wipes his nasty feet. I, I know Jesus is the Son of God, but they all walked around in sandals. They were nasty gross, dirty feet, wiped it with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But this is an interesting turn in the story. Verse four, but Judas Iscariot, who we know what's about to happen, one of his disciples who's about to betray him said, why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? Notice his question is wrapped in this facade, this allure of righteousness, right? This this false righteousness. And he said this, verse 6, not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Jesus said, leave her alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you always have with you, but you do not always have me. When a large crowd of the Jews learned that Jesus was there, they came not only in account of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he'd raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to put Lazarus to death as well. What a blow. The guy dies. Jesus raises him from the dead, and now the chief priests want to kill him again. Because on account of him, many of the Jews were going away and believing in Jesus. Now, the story is is really, really interesting for a number of reasons, but just notice the contrast between Mary, who was taking this expensive ointment, this expensive offering to Jesus, and and wiping his feet with her hair, this act of of worship, this act of of love. Mary reclines at Jesus' feet in adoring love, offering the extravagant devotion, anointing him for his burial. Notice the contrast just a verse or two later with Judas, 
who sits in, in condescending arrogance, not only questioning Mary's actions, but judging Jesus's willing acceptance of such a gift. Did you, did you notice that? Like he's not only like scolding Mary, but in his false righteousness, he's scolding Jesus. One gives the sacrificial honor and worship. One is a worshiper and the other is a a thief seeking personal gain. That's all wrapped up in this fake righteousness. One demonstrates the way of grace and the other, the way of sin. Now this story Maybe if you have read through Luke's gospel, Luke's biography of Jesus, maybe it reminds you of a story where this unnamed sinful woman, which probably meant she was a prostitute, uh, washes Jesus' feet with her tears, while Simon, a self-righteous Pharisee, quote-unquote murders Jesus in his heart. And those who have been forgiven much love much. Those who are greedy for much are greedy for more. And there's an interesting gospel implication here in the story that if you, if you fully get how redeemed and how forgiven and how saved you have been by Jesus, it increases our love and our worship for him. It increases our abandon, it increases our sacrifice on his behalf. But if we don't know, if we don't realize, maybe we have not yet experienced the saving love of Jesus, or if we have simply forgotten and we become myopic and self-focused and greedy for life, we are greedy for so much more. One person in this story demonstrates the way of grace, the other person the way of sin. Now, this seems like such a uh, polarizing black and white scenario, but even look to, look to your own life momentarily. Maybe with the resources that Jesus has provided for you, are you hoarding, greedy, or are you freely giving to him and his purpose? Are you are you worshiping him with, with, no matter what other people think? Or are you kind of sitting on the sidelines, judging, condescending, arrogant? This is a moment to look deeply inside our own hearts and not only see our posture towards Jesus, but our posture towards other people. Maybe even our posture towards those who are worshiping Jesus. Especially for those of you who are Christians and maybe find yourself in like a disgruntled with church kind of category, maybe hurt, maybe burned, maybe for legitimate, maybe for non-legitimate reasons. What's your posture towards not only Jesus, but his people who, who worship, who sacrifice to worship for him? And Jesus' encouragement, his call out, his rebuke, his exhortation is to leave her alone. Let her continue to worship. So my question for you, if you're looking at the the contrast between Mary and Judas, where do you find yourself? In the way of grace and worship and and sacrifice or in the way of arrogance and condescension and, and ultimately sinfulness? This moment from Jesus is a beautiful invitation to the way of grace to the way of grace that maybe even doesn't make sense to us. This, this, even in all his false righteousness, the, the retort seems like a legitimate one. Shouldn't we try to save this money so we can be generous to the poor? And Jesus says, no, 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 worship of me comes first. Out of that place, the Psalms say, I'll overfill your cup so you can be generous with other people, so you can have a generous and loving and gracious posture towards other, but you start with me. Start with Jesus. 
And so today the encouragement is not only to ask which which one do you identify with, but the encouragement Monday, today, hopefully you're listening to this in the morning, getting your day off started. What does prioritizing the worship of Jesus look like for you today? All right, that's it. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Have a great day.